is lead and believe. I believe, Benny. Now can you help me lead? Oh, boy, Brad. Here we go again. Absolutely. This is a podcast for leaders who want to build a world-class culture. I'm Brad Gustafson. And I'm Ben Gilpin. <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh kicking off the rest of a little bit here great to be back i love the temple i love the temple i'm in the zone so i've been wanting to talk to you for a while ben i see this tweet on social media and it doesn't matter who tweeted it but it was it was a leader it was an elected official and it was something along the lines of calling another another politician a liar as if kind of liar was the name I know I'm being vague, but my point is not, I'm not choosing sides here. The leadership is the point. Here's what it made me think about, Ben. It made me think about like, oh my gosh, as myself as a leader, would I ever do that? And I think the answer is no. I would not tweet liar Ben Gilpin. First of all, it's because I have so much respect for you and I know who you want to be and what you stand for. But second of all, I don't think it's the right thing to do. And I wanted to ask you about that. So I know probably my intro made zero sense at all. But did I give you enough to at least be able to tap into the wisdom that you always have? Like, what do you actually think about when elected officials and politicians are basically name calling and mudslinging as a normal form of communication and leadership? First off, Brad Gustafson, great to see you, my friend. <laughs> Is this your way of like dodging the question, Ben, or, or did I skip no. over that relational no. foundation that is actually important? I've been told once or twice that um, I, I lack substance and maybe I dance a little bit too much. So I am going to answer your question, but I first had to just um, say <laughs> hi to you. You know, good to see you. The divisiveness that we feel, that we see, that we endure as a country, as a, as a world, to me is painful. I actually was just having this conversation with a friend of mine. Uh, we were on a run recently, and we had talked about 2001. 2001, uh, we all know the terrorist attacks, the Trade Center collapse, um, and all the things that happened in our nation back in 2001. But I, what I remember is there was that horrific event or events and then the country came together. There was, it wasn't about Democrat and Republican. It wasn't about race. It wasn't, it wasn't about all those things. It was, we're all Americans. Or, you know, we are all, we're all from the United States. Or we're all, we're all in this together. And so there was this unity piece that really, I felt like galvanized the country for a long, long time. And just in recent years, the divisiveness has really gotten very toxic. I feel like you can bring up any topic, any topic, and it could literally be a 50-50 split. Now, to get back to your original question about putting on there and calling someone a liar. Huh, well, almost as part of the name, it wasn't even necessary. And maybe it was referring to certain other things, but it really was like saying the name and like liar was part of it. Now, here's the thing I struggle with. To me, it feels like an obvious question, and I don't want to just float around this. I don't think these conversations are going to be floating in the area of obvious. Well, and maybe I'm assuming. I don't think that's right. That's not how I want to show up. But then the next question is, does that impact me? And what's my role as a leader, regardless of the field or profession that we're serving in? Because I know we're connecting with quite a few sectors here. But like, what is a servant leader 
do in a situation like that? And then what do we do after that? There's a famous Bible verse about um, removing the splinter from your own eye, right? Yeah. So I'm a person that believes every single individual has their own faults. And so mm-hmm. how dare I, how dare I throw those stones because I have my own faults. I am not a perfect person. I'm not going to call someone a liar. My ultimately at the end of the day, it's about leading with compassion, leading with grace, leading with dignity, leading with integrity. Those are things that I tr- I strive to live by. And so no, I'm not going to sit back and I'm not going to call someone a liar. I'm not going to call I'm just not going to mudsling would be the pervasive term. Sure. So here, and maybe this, uh, maybe we backed into this quite by accident. <laughs> and and uh, despite my my weird wandering thinking and reference to Twitter, but like I think part of the show, part of what I'm hoping to get out of these conversations is not solidifying the big obvious things that leaders should and shouldn't do. Like I, I think it's safe to say we should not be idiots online and be jerks online. I don't think we should do that. Uh, and hopefully hopefully, a lot of people agree with that. But then it begs the question, what should we do? What are the little things, the less obvious things? How do we show up in a way that inspires leadership and transformation and doesn't have the opposite impact on some people? So, so baby, Ben, baby, <laughs> I guess you could yeah. be my baby, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Hopefully we have a good a editor because that was just that was that was <laughs> horrific. But what are what are some subtle things? What are some subtle hidden things that people might not know about you as a leader that you think are impactful in a positive transformational way? Like when you really think about the strategy. So this is less about the belief, less about the hope. This is more like hardcore leadership, but but the small steps that we can learn from. You know, I, I interact with a lot of people a lot. And I think that I thought you were going to say I don't have any, and I was going to be like, "Well, it's going to it's going to be a short conversation." <laughs> I I tend to hope that what people feel and see from me is that they feel genuine, they feel a, a genuine care and compassion, and they feel that I'm an authentic person. I don't want to be someone that's just per se blowing smoke. You know, one thing just to kind of dive a little bit deeper in this one, you know, as I have conversations with people, it is really important to me to find out the backstory. I am a sucker for a great story. And so when I meet people, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, a spouse name, kids' names, where did you go to school? What do you, what are hobbies? What are interests? And the thing is, I'm blessed with a really good memory. I love to bring those things up when we talk again and to be able to say, hey, what, what happened here? And the entire goal is to connect with people. And to me, if you are in leadership, there's a very, very strong chance if you're in leadership that you're in the people business. And that's what I take a lot of pride in, being in the people business and putting people first. Your backstory strategy, your people first strategy, I subscribe to that. And it's also one of my biggest faults. And here's what I what I mean by that. Oftentimes, if a student or a colleague or someone makes a mistake and it creates issues and, you know, and I we have a conversation and it might be that they did something wrong or I actually like to know the backstory 
just because I, I try to show up curious and I care, like, what were you, not in a bad way, but what were you thinking? Or tell me about the context so I can understand what you did. And so then I kind of know, like, were you really trying to mess with me and tank my whole day or week just based on that thing that happened? And usually it's not. That's not the case. Like, it's usually really good intentions that, that came out sideways. And I like to know that before getting to, like, just hearing an apology. I don't know. I don't know why. But here's the weird thing. I also bring that, and this is one of my weaknesses, I will bring that to conversations with my kids or my wife or even colleagues. Sometimes I'll think that they might want to know the context or the reason that I, whatever, that I said something stupid or that I made a mistake. And what I'm learning through feedback is people don't always want that aspect of the people first thing. Sometimes they they legit just want a genuine, authentic apology, and then a, a change, like a decrease in be, behavior. It's fascinating how there's a longer story to how I came to that realization, but it, you made me think of it in a nutshell. So let's circle. Let, let's do a little circle here because you jumped in with the first question about the whole tweet and calling someone a liar. Okay, so let's take that one, and I want to push on you right now. As a leader yourself, if you are confronted with that from some people that you interact with. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with, let's say you've got someone in your community, in your circle, in your, maybe maybe under your guide, whatever, however you want to put that, and you know there's some divisiveness, there's been maybe some toxicity. As a leader, how do you deal with that? Yeah, and Ben, this is what I love about you. One of many things you redeem or you save my idiotic half haphazard questions and you make them relevant and insightful. I see what you did there. Thank you. Because now as I'm thinking about the tweet thing, it's less about something that feels far away or, or in a different state. And it's more about what if someone I you know maybe supervise is calling other people liars online, or maybe someone that I serve is calling me a liar online, or, or maybe even face-to-face, like that brings it really personal and local. And thanks for doing that. That's a good question we all probably can think about. I think, Ben, and this is why really thinking about leadership with intentionality matters, at least to me, I get a lot out of this stuff because I'll share what I'm thinking, but then I'll listen to you, and then I'll have side conversations with other people and grow. I think what I will try to do, Ben, and just how I try to show up more and more is just curious. And I know that sounds hard. And I have received over the years, and you and I happen to be principals, although you know leadership is not confined to the principalship, obviously. I mean, we're actually, over the future episodes here that we're going to be launching, we get to talk to lots of people in lots of different places. But are you, are you dodging right now? Are you dodging right now, Gus Simpson? Yeah, I know. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what's happening. No, I honestly think embracing the, this sounds really bad. And like, people are probably thinking, yeah, Brad, I'd like to see you do that. Someone calls you a liar. Your disposition, your natural inclination and visceral response will not be to show up curious, you know, but I really do want, I will wonder what is it about what I've said or done or their experience that has impacted them in a way to prompt them to think that way, uh, maybe authentically to think that way. And I will try to self-reflect and that's at least how I hope to show up. So that's the short, that that last sentence, that's the short answer. What about you, Ben? Yep, so, I, so, so first off, I love the fact that when something comes your way, 
you look at it from from what can you control and yourself reflecting. And to me, I think more leaders need to do that. You need to first look internally because it's very easy to be a finger pointer. And so just recently, I was actually having, in fact, it was just this week, I had a conversation with someone that I supervise and I asked the question, do you feel that I support you? And the individual said, well, sometimes I feel like there's different stories being told to different people. And I said, I appreciate that feedback. And then I said, I said, can you give me an example? And they did. And, and, And so immediately I'm looking at what can I potentially adjust, shift, change. And so one of my first things that I try to do is I try not to point the finger and blame and be deflective. And I do think that there are there are some leaders that don't look internal first. And I would say your advice about self-reflecting should be something that we do regularly. Well, right. And, and that much is obvious. I think sometimes it takes me an hour or, you know, five minutes or an hour to like get over myself because defenses go up sometimes and you're the, here's the thing, though, and the more people we talk to on this show, and we've got some cool people lined up, what I suspect is going to happen when they talk about transformation and growth, I don't think the bulk of transformation, and this is for me too, is going to happen on those mountaintop moments where we're being getting standing ovations and applause for our decisions. I think a lot of it is going to be the moments where we're called you know, and I'm again, just making this up, we're called liars or we're, you know, people are giving us feedback saying you're giving incongruent information or stories to others. When we're in the valley, I think that's when real leadership can emerge and transformation is most, well, for sure it's most needed. Not everyone will respond to it the same way. So I'll give you a little bit of what I do, whether it's an attack directed at me or whether it's something that I feel like I have to deal with that um, is going to be tough. Two things. I try to slow myself down. And so most people, whether it's some type of a heightened situation, you can feel sometimes your heart rate increase. Well, there are ways to kind of get control of that and just slow it down, stay calm, stay patient, stay level-headed. Those are all things that I really try to practice. And the more you put yourself in that situation, the better you're going to get. Hey, Ben, can I share really quick before you get to your second thing? I'm going to share the counter example to what you just said. Approximately 10 years ago, maybe maybe 13 years ago, I'm in, in I'm a principal and I got some information or feedback. It was just wasn't good. And I disagreed with and I didn't like the narrative that was being shared. And I did I did the opposite of everything you said. My heart rate went up. I wanted to like confront it and I was not calm or cool about it. So I tried to call like a staff meeting after school. I'm at at the front trying to use our uh, loudspeaker thingy, our our PA announcer, and it was literally malfunctioning. And I, I, to this day, think it was an act of God that that thing short circuited. I had never been, I had never had a problem using that loudspeaker before. But in that moment when I was hot and not in a good spot to use my best leadership or or help anyone believe anything I was going to say. I could not make the announcement. So we never, it was the meeting that never happened. And it probably, probably saved my career, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Now, and we'll get to that. I'll get to that after number two. Here's number two. Yeah. Great advice that I read recently, recently being a couple of years ago. The question you, you can ask yourself is what would a great leader do? Wow. 
And so there's not necessarily, I'm not putting a name with that. I'm not saying this person, I'm just using it in general. What would a great leader do in this situation? And then trying to project and be that great leader. So be thinking to yourself, because, because whatever position you're in, you can ask yourself, what would a great blank do in this situation? And I think you can give yourself a mental image or, or play it out, and that can give you guidance into what you should do. I love that. I could see myself trying to ask myself that, and then maybe even breaking down great, like starting with that question internally, but then replacing it with what would a caring leader do? What would a, like attributes of great, what would a courageous leader do? What would a leader grounded in integrity do? What would a servant leader do? So drilling down to make sure I, or to decrease the blind spots I have so that when I actually do choose to respond, it really does reflect what greatness and greatness in servant leadership would reflect. And so then to get back to your point, okay, you go in, let's just say that that PA system had worked. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) But but here's the thing. You've already said it yourself. You are able to grow from experiences. And so that would be my last point really about leadership that I think some people sometimes lose context of is adversity can be a tremendous teaching tool. Mm -hmm. And so we can grow from, we can grow from tough stuff. And so if someone were to call you a liar and maybe you didn't handle it well, hopefully it wouldn't be career ending. But what you could do is you could learn from how you handled it. And and you can say, if presented with this again, I want to do this. And so, you know, oftentimes we talk about medicine. Medicine is always, what, what do you call that? We call it practice, right? Well, I think in a lot in leadership, in leadership, I think we should look at it in a similar sense. It's a practice. Constantly, leadership is shifting and evolving, and there's all these uh, ins and outs, and every single situation is its own unique entity. We can learn from all of them and grow to be the best we can be. That's a good point. And had that loudspeaker, had that public address announcement system been working, I probably would have dug my own valley that I would have had to humbly later on reflect on and own up to just because I, I just don't think I would have showed up my best at that at that meeting. But but you're right. I love the fact that there is always hope, right, even in the valleys. And actually, that's what I said, where a lot of transformation happens. So here's the thing I've been looking forward to, Ben. It's about that time. And you and I talked about this. The end of every episode, we want to try something called lead or believe. And it's where one of us picks uh, like a leadership more on the strategy, the actionable thing. And, and then that then the other person will have to take, quote unquote, the leftovers and they will be relegated to the other thing. So hypothetically, if I picked lead, I would share an action or a, like how I'm going to act, a strategy that I'm going to implement based on this conversation. And you then would have to share something along, more along a belief or a mindset or in that kind of hope category. So would you like honors this week, Benny? You want to you wanna pick or you want to make me pick? Ooh, I, I could go either way with this one. Okay. So I'm going to go with lead. Okay. And I'm going to tie and I'm going to tie the lead back into your lead today with the tweet. Okay. Okay. So here's my lead. Here's my two cents. If mudslinging, name calling occurs, which it probably will, I basically am saying to leaders, 
try not to make it personal. Hmm. Try not to make it personal. Try to stick to the facts to the best you can. But the other piece is along that lead is you don't have to, as the leader, you don't have to add to the divisiveness. You can be the connector. There are so many ways, whether it's in your community, in your country, in your city, that we can connect people together and have a common voice. Don't add to the divisiveness. Hmm. Okay. So that's kind of the, the action strategy in the form of a do not. So for me, I'm talking more about a belief here than I guess. Yep. So after listening to the show and kind of, I guess, growing with some of your conversation, where I'm at is... This is harder than I thought it would be, by the way, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. That makes it real. Yeah, I believe, Ben, that I want to start asking myself intentionally more often, like, what would a great leader do? And then maybe unpacking that. I really am glad that you introduced that. I think that's the kind of mindset I want to bring forward. And in the small moments, whether it's responding to a tweet, responding to a, a feedback or an input, or just, you know, trying to show up and serve the best we can, what would a great leader do? And, you know, what, how would a servant-minded leader respond here? How, what would a humble posture look like? However that question sounds, I, that's the mindset I want to try to cultivate and develop. And that'll take time and lots of small steps and practice. But that's where I'm at. Ben, it has been a pleasure. It's almost like a little reunion. We used to have another podcast. It was a lot of fun. And this is kind of the next iteration. I'm excited for these conversations and some of the other leaders that we're going to get to learn from, Benny. Thank you, my man. Hey, this has been great, Gustafson. And um, you know what, hopefully, because this was, it's also a lot of fun with you and being able to kind of pick on you and kind of go back and forth with with a little bit of banter. We really want the audience to engage too. We want people to chime in. We want people's comments. We also, you know, Brad and I, we want you to feel like uh, you're entertained. We want you to get something out of this. But um, if you have a smile on your face as you get something out of it, that is what we're really looking for. So, Gustafson, this is fantastic. What about a hashtag, leader believe, Benny? I think that one, I think we're claiming it right now. If you're interested in kind of interacting or, or sharing what Ben messed up, we're all, we're all ears <laughs> yeah. on that one. Uh, we'll look for you on hashtag lead or believe. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Creating a world-class culture requires intention and optimism. And sometimes it's the small steps a leader takes that matter the most. We hope today's conversation helps you move hearts and mountains as you lean and believe. believe.